DBA is a place for everyone, doubters and believers alike, to discuss theology, current events, and a rediscovery of radical hope. Find us on Facebook at Doubters forward slash Believers Alliance and on Instagram at Doubters Believers. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Doubters Believers Alliance. As always, I'm Brian. I don't really like to say that I'm a pastor. I guess I am curator of these talks because um, I think pastor has a lot of, you know, negative connotations that can go with it. Um, sorry that we're a couple minutes late. I uh, I did the Facebook update on my phone for bug fixes and things, and they kind of hid where the go live button is on on the layout, so it took a hot minute to actually find out where the dang thing will be. So that's why we were a little late. I um, hope everyone had a good week since I was here last, last week. Um, I had a good work week. I hope everyone else did. If you're working or if you're retired, they're just relaxing, I guess. Um, went camping with my brother for the first time in God knows how long, probably in about 10 years. So that was fun. We hiked a lot and just had a good time. Um, we don't have a lot of people here live today here at, at Bryant Lake Bowl. We have Amanda. Um, I think I, you know, there's no rhyme or reason why there is. I know that it's like 80 degrees today at in Minnesota, which is very uncommon for the first week of October. Um, so I think people are out and about doing things. There's the huge, there's a football game, the Vikings game um, here, which I have recorded, so I can go home and fast forward through all the commercials. Um, so that's going on. That's taking up people's time. And then there's the Medtronic Twin Cities Marathon, which is one of the big marathons that they do in the country. Um, every year where thousands of people all over the country was going on. And you know what, Amanda? I just realized, because on the way down here, I was like, why is there a helicopter flying around downtown St. Paul? Because of the Twin Cities Marathon. And it ends, and it ends in downtown St. Paul over by the Capitol. So, as I'm live here, I'm realizing why traffic was such a beast. So, as always, Amanda will be streaming um, any questions or thoughts. She did forget her iPad. Want, want. So she's gonna be on her phone. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's gonna come up as her name or doubters, or it's coming up as my name because she's into my Facebook account. So. If if you see me, how is Brian talking and and putting all these comments up? Well, I'm a magician. What can I say? Um, so that'll be that. Um, yeah, um, we're kind of. I don't want to say a series that we're going through, but kind of a series nonetheless. I've had people comment or private message me on things that they want to want me to talk about. Kind of going through like what is the Bi- like what does the bible say type of thing and i know people are going to look at me and say well brian this is just your interpretation this is just your reaction this is just what you feel about it and then there there's partial partial truth to that 
But I, what I want to get and what I say to with anybody about DBA, and I've talked to a couple of people this week about it, is it's not for me to get anybody, you know, to um, be on the side of Jesus and worship Jesus. It's not on the side to push any agenda. I guess the only agenda, if you said I had an agenda, would be to have open and honest dialogue with people to... Um, sorry, this microphone is bothering me. I feel like it's too hot. Too hot. Hot mic. If I had an agenda, it would be more or less having this open dialogue with individuals of just things in life. Things that maybe you haven't experienced, maybe you did experience, maybe it's... You know, one day we might talk about, like today we're going to talk about divorce and what does the Bible say about that. Last week we talked about homosexuality. One week I might be like, hey, I want to talk about Buddhism or, you know, folk religion or things like that. And Or one day I might want to just give a talk about atheism and certain positive qualities about, you know, being atheistic or agnostic. So that I've had several conversations with people of of why we changed our name from revolution and kind of you know this church uh, what do you call it like church plant of revolution and we've kind of I, I thank Jay and admire Jay for letting us do that but at the same time we kind of agreed here in our small community of wanting to be a little bit different wanting to kind of tread away from from just strictly christian things and opening it up for um the community at large uh, this morning amanda and i made uh, a little kind of like poster for us because on the door here at bryant lake bowl there's a um a place that you can put a piece of paper or a little poster just letting yeah it's just letting know it's in the theater and kind of cool having like this dba kind of having this thing in a bar so just these little things that we're doing um and i will say um i'm not gonna probably be long-winded today tired um i love my brother and it was fun camping but um i'm almost 40 years old and sleeping on a rocky um hill in essence kind of hurt my back <laughs> and you know i do manual labor i'm not gonna lie so i'm i'm in a little bit of pain but nonetheless we got to talk about things going on so, so i'm not gonna go through the bible verses that that um are here today i will give you them so you can go and look through them if your heart so desires um and yeah, it's just one of those things where I know I wanted to talk on this because I've had um, some family and friends write me to say, hey, it would be really cool if you can tackle these topics. We don't really hear about them in church, or if we do, we hear about them in this certain context and and maybe not in the full context or how other denominations or people will look at it. So bear with me. If you give me a little bit of your time, I'll give you a little bit of my time, and then we'll be out of here. Um, so, this week I want to talk about what does the Bible say about divorce. Um, now it popped up, Amanda, at Doubter Believers Alliance, so that's good. Um, you know, we're, we're uh, what's the word? We're troubleshooting as we go, so bear with us. Um, this week I want to talk about 
divorce and what does the Bible say divorce? What do we deal about divorce? And, um, like last week I looked at what home, like what clobber passages certain churches, more evangelical churches use on, on clobbering people over the head about homosexuality. And so there's clobber passages, obviously, in the Old and New Testament, um, actually predominantly here in the New Testament about divorce and how in this, these verses we'll talk about divorce in a very negative light. But obviously you probably know the take that I'm gonna, to bring. But, so if you want to write this down or just put it in the back of your head, um, these scriptures are all found in the New Testament that talk in a very negative light about divorce. Matthew 19.9, Matthew 5.32, Luke 16.18, 1 Corinthians 7, verses 10 through 15, Mark 10, verses 11 through 12, Romans chapter 7, verses 2 through 3, and Hebrews 13.4. And what we need to realize about these verses and what I've said last week too, do you need to look at this? And what um, a man is going to link those scriptures. One thing that I wanted to say to make very clear is all Christians, all people of faith, or even people of no faith will look at scripture as uh, that gives them the the right or the way to look at said things. So, churches that preach that divorce is wrong, churches that preach that divorce is um, not a good thing, um, will look at verses like what I just said, these texts out of the scripture, and they'll be like, see, look at right here in the Bible, right here in the Bible, it talks that, you know, you shouldn't get divorced, or if you do get divorced, you shouldn't remarry, you should say celibate, or, you know, all these things. And my first big thing, what I would say to anyone is, like I said last week, is the Bible wasn't written to us. And I cannot say that more clear. The Bible was not written to us in this present context. The Bible was not written even for people in the 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th century. The Bible's not written for people in the 23rd or 24th or whatever, however long this planet will be here. And when you put that in that context, and you might say, well, Brian, well, why should I read the Bible? Why should I read Scripture? Why, why should I let it have any sort of power or any sort of, um, I don't know, life-giving stuff out of it? Well, and there's, I think, a lot of things in the Bible that will give you good food for thought. You know, Lamentations can tell you how you should lament. Ecclesiastes, wisdom literature, you know, the Psalms and Proverbs, they're wisdom. You can find wisdom in there. There's some cool stories. You know, so I'm not saying the, the Bible, and I'm not saying all those are true or not, but it's not, you know, and yes, the Bible has violence in it. Yes, Bible has a lot of sexual, you know, improprieties in it, and it has a lot of stuff in it that's just plain wrong. But I'm not, so I don't want someone to think that, oh, I just hate scripture and, you know, uh, I hate God and all that stuff. That's further from the truth. But what I want to do with this conversation, as well as, other conversations I, I have on whether 
what does stuff say in the Bible or other things like next week, I'll just foreshadow. I'm going to be talking about communion and the Eucharist. And I posted something on that on Facebook that kind of blew up and just wanting to get, you know, a different side. So the big thing why I don't think divorce is wrong, why I don't think it's sinful, why I think it's totally appropriate to go through is these verses in the scripture, what Amanda just had put up on the screen, if you go and look at them, these are definitive verses. And I didn't put everyone in, but these are definitive scriptural verses that will say how divorce is wrong, how it's a sin. But like I said, the first, the first caveat, what we need to look at, these scriptures were not written to us. Like you look, um, especially like in Luke. Well, yeah, that's a gospel, but he was writing it to the people at that time. Corinthians, whether we believe it was Paul who wrote it or other, he was writing to the church in Corinth. Romans, we were writing to Rome and what they did. Sorry, there's a fly flying right around my face. That's highly annoying. Anyway, um, so we, we see this and we, we see that these verses are here and we'll say this, but we're not stuck to them. We don't have to obey them. We don't have to follow them because they're not written to us. And there's a thing, like I've said last week, when you study scripture, there's a thing called hermeneutics. You find this out in, in Bible college or even in seminary, which hermeneutics literally is interpreted as the art and science of interpretation. So you're, inter- you're learning how to interpret scripture and they will always tell you, who is the author, when was it written, who was it written to, and what's the author's intent. So even even when you do that, when you read, like, let's say a horror novel or a romance novel or a sci-fi novel, it's the same thing. Who wrote it, who is the audience to, why was it written, and what's the author's intent? What are they trying to get through? And when we look at these when what makes me so mad about what Christians do, we'll look at a, a flimsy little verse or two in the Bible and say, bam, this is what it says. Like I brought up last week where, you know, men will say, oh, well, it says in the Bible, you know, wife submit to your husbands. Oh, well, look at right there. That means my wife has to shut up and make me food or do all this. But literally they neglect the next verse where it says also husbands submit to your wives where it's this 50-50 thing. And a lot of these verses, when it talks about divorce, will say, uh, you know, it'll say, oh, well, the man, you know, if a woman divorces her husband, she needs to stay celibate or not get married. But it says the same thing, in essence, to a man. But yet the men don't want to obey those rules. I think that's very, very interesting. Um, and since biblical times... Divorce has been commonplace. And I think what's so ironic and funny is these views that the evangelical church has a lot, divorce, abortion, homosexuality, drinking, you know, the end time stuff, they think it like, oh my gosh, these are just new things that we as a humanity, we here in our culture are dealing with. No, these things have been around since the beginning of time. And I always go back and I tell people, Ecclesiastes is my favorite book in the Bible because literally the whole book is so bleak and so dark. And I was like, listen, everything in this world 
has happened before. It will happen again. There's nothing new in, in this world that the world has not seen. And yes, life's going to be great sometimes, but life's also going to suck. It is the most real raw book, in my opinion, and full of wisdom where it's like, yeah, this world's going to be great. And also times this world's going to suck. And there's nothing that we experience in this world, great or bad, that the world hasn't seen Oh, so the world's seen homosexuality. The world has seen divorce. Cultures and people have dealt with divorce. Oh, guess what? We're still here as a culture. We're still here as people. We're still here as, you know, n- you know, as nations and, and governments, regardless of all this stuff that we've, that have transpired. But what I think is truly ironic as well is, um, especially people, who believe the Bible is inerrant or infallible, which literally will say, in, inerrancy is the Bible's without error. Everything in the Bible, uh, every jot and tittle, every word, every paragraph, everything is inerrant in the Word of God. When I think is absolutely hilarious is when the scripture is written, they just wrote it like they, there was no punctuation, there was no you know commas, periods, question marks. There was no paragraphs. It was just like a this flow of thought that was written down in in Hebrew or in Greek. But yet it was up to the expositors of the Bible, people who exegeted it, to put in commas, to put in periods, to put in whatever. So even the whole thing of inerrancy doesn't make sense. uh, The infallible literally says, well, there might be parts in the Bible that aren't true, might be a little bit, um, uh, we might maybe add extra things for oomph or or to make the story better, but for by and large everything is, is great. Well, I feel like the same people who say that, like, let's say homosexuality is wrong or drinking is wrong or, you know, will be premillennialism when it comes to the end of the world. When it comes to divorce, they will first, they will, and they will be inerrant about scripture. And then if they've went through divorce or if their loved one went through divorce, then they'll be like, oh, 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 well, you know, there's no, there's nothing in the Bible that says this about divorce. Oh, there's nothing in the Bible that says that divorce is wrong. And so my whole point is all of us will say, and I know I've known people who are like, oh, like going back to last week's talk, oh, homosexuality is wrong. It's a sin. And then their daughter or their son comes out or a nephew or someone in their family. And then they've never had to deal with it in a, uh, such a real familial way. Then they start looking at these clobber passages in the Bible on whatever it is. And they're like, Oh, this is really hurtful. This is really damning. Why is this like, you know, so divorce is one of those things. That's just like homosexuality, where there's very powerful verses in the scripture that condemns them. However, when we have to read them in the context when they were written, like the author's intent, the cultural intent, and like I said, we're not in that mindset anymore. We're not in that world. We've evolved as humanity. We've evolved as people of faith. Um, So, I don't understand why... Divorce is this thing that is looked upon so negatively. And in my eventual thing at the end of this is to say, and I will, but I'll say it already, is I feel like even in the conservative evangelical church, 
most of them have made it the understanding of they moved on past that. Like divorce isn't a big thing for them anymore. It was for centuries or hundreds. I shouldn't say centuries, hundreds of years. We didn't really have the evangelical world or evangelical Christianity except for the last 150, 200 years. But even now, you 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 don't look at divorce as this negative anymore. So it's like my, my my ironic point was how biblical inerrantists who will say all these things are wrong when it comes to divorce, they will be like, mm, yeah, because you know you don't know this, you don't know this. And I will say this: the the one thing growing up in the church, even in the evangelical world, where they say they go back to scripture, which I didn't, I forget where it's at sometime earlier in the old testament where they say oh well the two the two okay reasons for divorce for people to get divorced are um marriage infidelity so cheating or um um verbal or physical um abuse and yeah those i think in any culture any religion or anything people will say yeah, those are definitely two reasons why someone should leave their partner is if there's infidelity and all that. Um, but I would say those are uh, that's regardless of religion. But I um, what I'm going to say here too is people need to realize within divorce, divorce isn't a willy nilly thing someone goes into. Uh, it's something that people think about long and hard. I don't think anybody just wakes up and was like, you know, today is a good day to divorce my partner. And whether you have children involved or not, it's still going to be tough. It's still going to be hurtful. Um, but from everyone that I've known who's been through divorce, family and or friends, it sucks. There's a time of suffering. There's a time of, of trauma. There's a time of all this stuff. However, when they come through out on the other side, they know it was for the good. They know it was for the better. And when I actually, as someone who can perform weddings, I purposely don't tell the people I'm counseling or the people that, or, or you know, even if I didn't do their counseling, but I'm the person that's marrying them, I will not say till death do you part or as long as we both shall live because putting that on someone putting that on whether you're 18 and you're getting married or whether you're 40 and getting married, putting, putting this, this weird mystical, this weird, like, Oh, well, we're going to be married. And you know, it's the good times and in the bad times. And now you're, you're telling the world and telling yourselves, I'm going to be with this person until the day I die. Well, and I hope marriages last like that. No one's going to say that they don't, hope marriages last a long time or relationships but by and large there's a lot of people who get married that they should not be married long term for whatever reason maybe both of you changed maybe uh maybe things about faith have changed and one person can't handle it maybe there is abuse maybe there is infidelity those are all reasons to get divorced and i think nowadays People in the church are just afraid to talk about divorce. Mainline churches, not at all. They're not, they don't care. They care about divorce, but they don't, they're not worried about talking about it. They're not, you know, so many people are. But 
so many people in the evangelical world don't talk about divorce because they're like, well, yeah, it's a private issue, which it is. It is a private issue. But if we're in this community together and we're supposed to hurt when each other hurt or we're supposed to bring joys when we're, you know, joyful, we need to come around our brothers and sisters and say, hey, you know what? I'm sorry you went through this. We're here together. We're here for you. So on and so forth. So my point in w- divorce is this very murky thing to deal with. Like I said, I do not think it's wrong. We've sh- I've sh- read the scriptural references, and I know that this. I I can tell before even starting this. I was talking to a man on the way down here. I'm like, I do not think that this talk is going to be well watched or well listened to. Not because I don't think I know what I'm talking about. Is this such? It's it's almost like a topic where people are like, well, Brian, why are you talking about it? You know, it would be like me coming up here and saying that we need to be eco friendly or being care for the community or, or to the world. And yes, we do. But I feel like if we don't talk about even issues like this, in you know, at DBA or other places, well, why can't we? You know. This I know that there'll probably be at least one or two people listening where this might give them hope. This might be like, hey, you know what? I'm in a really shitty relationship. My husband is like this or my wife is like this. And I, I've had now the freedom to listen to Brian or, or to get, get something, you know, to let me know that being divorced isn't wrong or bad. One, one, I think I, um, not idea, but how just things in the evangelical world have changed. It's no mistake that I've, I've said numerous times I've grown up assemblies of God. And I remember I started college in fall of 2001 and it was on their national kind of rules, unofficial rules, but that they wanted pastors and the church to preach against was they wanted to say how divorce was wrong, except for the two reasons I had said, infidelity and um, and abuse. And I even had a family member who went to the same church as me who was divorced before marrying this person in my family, and they had asked, the church had asked them, hey, so-and-so, do you want to be an elder? Do you want to be a deacon or on the board? And, you know, which would allow them to help with communion, which would, they could be greeters, they could teach Sunday school, they could do all these things. And this individual said, oh, I would love to do that, but you won't let me. And the pastor was like, well, why won't you let me? oh, it's because I was divorced before and now I'm remarried. And the pastor kind of just did this heavy sigh and was like, unfortunately, you're right. You you know, you can't. Our policies won't allow you. And just, just listening, to, just hearing that story again and saying it just shows you the absurdity of like, oh, you don't know why I was divorced. You don't, you're not even going to ask the question why me and this woman got a divorce you're just gonna look at me and point fingers and say excuse me and say oh now you can't be part of this community at this level well in the assemblies of god they have everything like every denomination has they had this like forget what it's called like their general synod i'll just say that it's where all like the the ag corporate head body 
gets together with all the states and all the districts throughout the country and then they meet. Well, this, I think this was maybe in 2003 or four where they, at the Synod, they made this huge declaration and this huge, I guess, national call to say, we are not going to have, uh, uh, overarching denominational wide stance on divorce, we're going to let the individual church, churches and individual communities do it. What that's called is autonomy. Like the church that I was a part of for a long time, the UCC, their whole structure of church is autonomous. So if like the denomination says, we're going to do this and we're going to do that, that church has their autonomous right to say, this is what they say that we should do, but we vote to do this differently. So my whole point, even with divorce, even such a conservative denomination like the evangelical, so many people in their midst and so many people in those tradi- in that Pentecostal tradition of very charismatic, very uh, gifts of spirits and stuff like that, they even were realizing how so many people, even in their midst, were getting divorced. And so instead of holding this old, archaic version of divorce is wrong and marriage is this perfect ideal, and if you're not married or if you get divorced, then you're less than even this evangelical conservative church or, or denomination jettisoned that. And I, I I don't joke with people now about it, but I'm like, it's funny that these same people who will stay up behind their pulpit or in their, you know, places of authority in their church and will say homosexuality is wrong or a sin will be the same ones who will say, oh, well, divorce uh isn't a big deal because of da 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 and they're they're using the same clobber passages they use against against homosexuality or against you know people who are you know having an abortion or people who get drunk they will say oh well these verses on divorce don't apply for me or oh you're taking it out of context so you're seeing even in the evangelical world how people are taking certain views that they have that they were raised with and they're deconstructing because they themselves have gotten divorced or they or they know someone that went through a divorce like i can't tell you i could count on probably my hands at least three or four times family and friends and co-workers who've gotten divorced because life is hard relationships are damn tough and there is a time, and, I, and I've told this to people all the time, you can fall in and out of love with someone. You can be with someone for a year, you can be someone with someone for 40 years, and there might be a time within your marriage or your relationship where you just have to sit down and tell yourself, I love this person, but is this love the kind of love that surpasses all obstacles, all everything and if it does, great. You do you. If it doesn't, then then it doesn't. And then you can shake hands and walk away. I know it's, I'm really simplifying that, but that's the point of, of divorce has become so commonplace that even evangelical Christianity is changing their mind on it. And my goal... And when I, when I'm going to hear what you're going to hear me say today and in the next few weeks is 
a lot of these clobber passages and clobber ideas, homosexuality, divorce, and, and so on and so forth, is if we can take divorce and say this is not a bad thing, it, it, you know, this is reality, then those same people in the evangelical world can say homosexuality is not a bad thing. People are just born queer. People are queer. People are atheists. People aren't inherently wrong or evil because they're different than you. So I think what's really important is people, and I'm talking more towards the evangelical people that I know that watch this, or the evangelical family that I know that watch this. If we have understood that divorce is something that is such a multi-layered, multifaceted, very different situation for everyone. Why can't we look at that in every other situation that we deal with and look at it with that much grace and that much love and that much transparency? Um, the big thing I want to say about divorce too, um, and a lot of people that I've interviewed for Sacred Collective, which is the podcast I do, um, I have a lot of women on there, and I don't, I, as a white man, I don't want to have other white men just on there. Um, I've had people, especially women who've went through purity culture stuff, um, women who identify as queer, um, non-binary, uh, trans. I've had the whole gamut because I don't want to be speaking for them. I want them to speak for themselves. And everything that they've always brought up, and I agreed unequivocally with them, is all the stuff with impurity culture, all the stuff about divorce and things written about sexuality, it was written by men. Obviously, white men didn't write the Bible because they were Middle Eastern, and at that time, it was not white men. But in the biblical narratives and in there, it was all men who wrote it. Yes, you had women who wrote certain books of the Bible Unfortunately, most of them did not get into the canon of what we know as the Bible because you had very misogynistic, very toxic men saying what was right or what was wrong. And so another thing why we need to throw divorce out and put it, kick it out with the baby in the bathwater is it was just written by a, 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 in one stance. It was written by men who had power, and, I mean, when I was in college, I remember being, you know, in a lot of these exegetical classes, and I asked one time to one of my professors who knew Greek, knew Hebrew, I said, if I was a woman in biblical times, and I was married to my husband, and let's say he had a bad day, and, you know, he didn't sell the cattle he needed to, or he, if he was a farmer and he didn't get to meet a certain deadline, and I said, and if I made him some lamb stew and, you know, had some bread and some wine, and I said, if I burnt the bread or the wine wasn't as good as it was, I said, could he legally, in that culture, just divorce me because of that? And he was like, yeah. So you just see the toxicness. If we were in Bible times right now, I could go to Amanda and say, I'm going to go out work, do all these things. And if I have a really bad day and you just did something that sent me off, I can divorce her. And in that culture, that was fine. But yet if she tried to leave me because I, I verbally humiliated her or she just with her, how I belittled her, 
if she therefore divorced me, then she would be ostracized from the community. No man would ever want her. So you can see even these ideas of divorce, even that we were found in the Bible, are very misogynistic, are very toxic, and are just outright evil. Because they're written by men who want to control the narrative. They're written by men who, and like I said last week, when we look at Scripture, it was men... It was livestock, it was children, and then it was women. And I'm not making that up. That is literally how they looked upon it. And and one thing I why I tell people why I think Jesus is awesome and his teachings and his philosophy is great is because he flipped the switch. He kept saying, everyone's equal. Men, women, children, you're all equal. You're all the same. No, I don't have these hierarchical stances like the religious people and the cultural ideals of the day, every one of you is equal. And not only that, you're not just, this isn't just for Jews, it's for Gentiles. It's for everyone that's not a Jew. So everything that he did came into these systems of oppressive systems, these sexist systems, these misogynistic systems, and he literally shattered him and was like, no, you say this is based on a law. You say this is based on, you know, the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Bible. You say it's on Jewish law or Roman law, and I come and I'm shattering in that. And so if he came to shatter all those things, if that's the way you look, then these views and archaic ideas about divorce, he's coming in and shattering those too. And I would say to anybody who was watching who's like, oh, well, yeah, you know, I don't think you should be saying that about divorce because, you know, all this. I will just say this. If you were in a situation where your husband or wife beat you, constantly belittled you, constantly made you feel less than, why in God's green earth would you want to stick with them? And I've always, you can ask Amanda, you can ask my mom, you can ask people that know me. Life is too short and too beautiful to be with people who don't value you, especially the person that you want to spend your life with. If that person doesn't value you, if that person doesn't give you what you need to to just make it every day. And I know there's days where, you know, I might wake up and I might be extremely tired. I might be mad or whatever i don't mean to take it out on my wife but i do because i'm a human being vice versa there's times where amanda might be a little bit salty to me or be a little angry and i know she's not doing it because she hates me it's just we're humans that happens and i think anybody in relationship gets that but it's what i'm talking about is this continual um belittling um, and people are like, well, I've, I've heard people say, well, I've never hit my wife or I've never touched my husband and whatever. But if you're getting in a fight and you're verbally uh, harassing them, if you're cursing them, cursing them out, if you're doing it in front of children, even if you don't have kids, you know, you're devaluing someone because of whatever issues you're dealing with, whatever the issues they're dealing with. And I would say as someone as a person of faith and someone who's helped people through some of these processes, I would go to you and say, it is not wrong biblically or just even culturally to get divorced if someone is treating you that way. Get out instead of staying in there. Um, 
and I, I will just say this a note that I wrote is I don't think God in the least forbids or forbades divorce. I don't know anywhere in scripture where he explicitly says, yeah, go get divorced. Cause I don't think, I think in, in this will get really Jesus-y and I don't, I think everything, I think when you get married or if you don't get married and you're, you know, you're living with someone forever long, I think in God's eyes, God's like, yeah, I want you to try to be together forever for the rest of your life until you guys die. But it's not like he, if someone gets divorced, God's going to be like, oh, well, there's a notch down on your faith. There's a notch down in your life. It's just like, oh, well, you know what? That marriage didn't last. I'm sad that it didn't last. But, you know, I still love you. I still believe in you. And that's, let's just say that it's the same with family. I know tons of family who've gotten divorced and, and friends, and they'll be like, their family's like, oh, this really sucks. Like, I'm really sad that you had to go through it. But time heals wounds. And not all, but most. And I know people who were like, yeah, I got divorced five years ago or 10 years ago. And they were like, it was really rough for the first year or two. But now all these years have went on. And they're like, yeah, I'm doing really good. I'm doing really, really well. And that was the best thing for me to do. So God doesn't forbade it at all in scripture and when people are like well look at brian you just had these scriptures at the beginning yeah my point with that was to say yeah it's in scripture but we don't live by that we're not enslaved to those laws anymore because the scripture wasn't written to us in our present contexts um said some of that let's see yeah, pretty much I've said everything that I've wanted to say. I told you it wasn't going to be super long today because I don't think it has to be that long. Um, I'll just say this. Um, divorce isn't something you're going to hear most pastors talk about in the evangelical world or in the mainline churches. And why I felt such a push to talk about it is evangelicals will you know evangelicals will want to talk about homosexuality they'll want to talk about um abortion those are those hot button things um mainline progressives will want to talk about racial rights you know gender and um sexual equality which are i'm not saying anything any of these are bad they're great they're needed but i think a lot of churches don't talk about divorce because yes it is a very private matter but at the same time if sometimes we need to have tough conversations i'll say this sometimes if amanda and i are getting in a conversation i'm like hey this is going to be a tough conversation so our feelings might get hurt um we might disagree with each other but they're conversations we need to have there'll be times where my daughter's acting the fool and i'll i'll know in my head i'm like this is the tough conversation i have to have with my daughter but i have to have it with her or else she won't grow or she might not know right from wrong in this perspective so what i'm trying to say with a conversation like this with divorce and i know it's not going to be a very uh highly watched or highly listened to because of the divisiveness but stop using clobber passages on divorce where the especially the people who wrote it were very misogynistic sexist men 
who had complete dominion and power over their wives. Wives had no, I mean, they had nothing. They could turn to nothing. I mean, they would either literally have to deal with divorce or uh, an unloving, un, um, in a lot of ways, almost like a rape kind of marriage where the woman had no right to say if she wanted to consent to have sex with her spouse. Um, she was just a baby-making machine, stay at home and took care of the kids and cleaned up their house, whatever their house looked like, and the men could do whatever they want. Yeah, that's problematic. Yeah, we should not look at verses like that in the Bible and say, how can we make sense of it today? How can we transport that into our daily lives? Because we can't. Because we're not those people. We're not. It was not written to us. And I will say to anyone listening or watching, whether you're, you've been divorced yourself, you're a child of a divorce, or you're maybe thinking of a divorce, those are all important things and things you have to deal with. I mean, reach out to me if you want to talk. I'll be, I mean, I'm not ordained, but I'm pretty dang close. I have three terminal degrees that will say otherwise. But I feel like we need to talk about this because they're very important topics that I feel like not just the church, but humans in general don't want to talk about. When I deal with a friend that's like, hey, I think my wife and I or my husband and I are going to get divorced, I'm always like, oh, I'm so sorry. And they're like, well, it's a good thing. And I'm like, oh, well, I know. I'm not saying it's not a good thing, but I'm saying I'm sorry that this marriage, this unit is now not a, together anymore. There's a time to mourn that. I mean, you're going to mourn leaving a job. You're going to mourn if someone passes away. You're going to mourn... Uh, a certain thing in your life and so divorce is no no different you you need to mourn it so i guess i guess the last thing i'll say to wrap up um is divorce is not wrong it is not sinful the scriptures that we see earlier what i said in the gospels and even in the old testament are not written to us we as people of faith or even not people of faith they're not clobber passages to tell us that we're right or wrong. It's just indifferent. And I will say this. If the church in large, the predominantly evangelicals and liberals, have said that divorce isn't really an issue for them anymore, um, let's be able to talk about it. Talk about it. If you're going through some shit with your spouse, don't. I'm not saying put it on social media, but go to a trusted person, a mentor, a therapist, a counselor, a pastor, whoever you seem fit, and say, "Hey, I, stuff's happening, and I, 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 we might have to get divorced." And don't feel for a second that you're less than of a person, you're less than a Christian, or if you're not a Christian, less than whoever. So. That was my converse, our conversation today. We're going to talk next week about what does the Bible say about communion. Buckle up. That's going to be really theological and nerdy. Um, but also, I'm going to put this little little thing into your brain. I'm meeting with someone here. This is another reason I'm going to wrap up. Um, about partnership, partnering with them for an event here in the cities at Bright Lake Bowl in November. So I will leave you with that. I'll probably talk to you more about that next week and call you guys out to see if you guys want to come down to support that. So any questions or thoughts or anything like that, 
just write them down. We'll get back to you throughout this week. Um, so until next time, DBA, we love you and we'll see you next week. Bye.